since week nine, Goff has thrown for 1,448 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception. He's completing 65% of his passes during this time, has a quarterback rating of 102.4, currently eighth in passing yards, 10th in touchdowns, 7th in passer rating, and 6th in QBR. Jared Goff is lighting it up, JJ. He's playing some good football. They won the last five out of their six games. They're built a confidence. He's been a connection with his wide receiver core. His running back is taking some pressure off of him with Swift and Williams in the backfield. Defense is playing complimentary football as well. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you on this Tuesday morning. And I'm joined by my co-host, NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox, as we get ready for week 15 of the NFL season as we roll on and we're getting closer to the playoffs. It has been a crazy season and more bizarre results here in week 14. Quite the season. Excited to discuss some of these matchups. JJ, first things first, brother. How are you doing on this Tuesday? Man, I'm doing blessed. I'm doing good, man. Uh, up moving around this morning. Uh, it's a blessing to get up and, and uh, man, not take for granted for what you have in front of you, man. So I'm excited for this week. Uh, I didn't do as good as I planned on last week, uh, but I did a little better. So I'm excited, man. How about your way? I'm doing well. And yes, to your point, you did do good. You beat me 85 <laughs> this week, JJ. I went seven and six. You got me with that Patriots and Cardinals matchup last night, so you won the head to head matchup. I won last week. You got this week, so we'll see what week 15. I do want to say condolences, thoughts, and prayers to the Leach family. For those of you that have not heard, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach passed away this morning at the age of 61 due to heart complications. And so that is such a tragic situation for all those involved and a lot of different NFL executives, coaches, players. I mean, they've been impacted by his coaching throughout their careers. And so I certainly did want to open up the podcast by sending my condolences to his friends, to his family, and to his players. Yep, yep, yep. No, um, I, learned, I learned a lot about him back um, when I was in college and even my early uh, careers as well in the Dallas Cowboys, man. And, and it's a sad situation. He was a great coach. He did a lot of great things. But beside that, I know he was a great guy and uh, a great family man as well. So my condolences to him and his family at this time. My prayers are with them. I ask, you know, peace and uh, for understanding for him and his family in this time. We're going to go ahead and pivot out of that sad news and get into the NFL, JJ. And before we get into our Players of the Week, as we do every Tuesday on the Pro Football Jays podcast, I do want to give our listeners an updated listen to where the playoff standings currently sit. So, in the AFC, no change there. The Bills, number one seed at 10-3. and three. The Chiefs at number two, 10-3. Ravens still leading the AFC North 9 and 4. Titans despite losing two games in a row are still the 4th seed with a 7 and 6 record. And then at the 5th seed is the Cincinnati Bengals who are currently the number 1 wild card spot 9 and 4. Dolphins despite losing two in a row, they're still clinging on to the 6th seed 8 and 5. Patriots after that win last night, they are now into the wild card picture, seven seeds, seven and six overall. Now for the NFC, Eagles 12 and one remain the number one seed and will get that first round by. 
Number two, Minnesota Vikings, despite losing, still 10 and 3. They're the two seed, three seed, San Francisco 49ers, 9 and 4. Buccaneers, number four seed, 6 and 7. And then the Dallas Cowboys holding the number one wildcard spot, 10 and 3. Commanders, six seed, 7, 5 and 1. And then the Giants, seven seed, 7, 5 and 1. So things are heating up, JJ, in both the wild card pictures here for AFC and NFC. And we're at the point, we talked about it last night, where every single game moving forward into this stretch, JJ, is essentially a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even more so now, man. It's a lot of teams that's on the bubble or on the verge of, 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 of seasons that can make or break you. You know, it's a lot of divisional matchups that's coming up here. And a lot of these matchups have playoff um, implications. So, like you say, man, every week moving forward is going to be considered like a playoff-type game. So, I'm excited for what, what's, what's in store and, and some teams that might sneak in there that we thought maybe was out might be sneaking back in. So, curious to see how the playoffs turn out this year. Well, let's get into the player of the week. And I'll go first here. I have one selection and then an honorable mention so my player of the week was lions quarterback jared goff and going all the way back to the preseason he was one of the players we did a segment under the radar players and i brought up jared goff because i don't think he gets enough respect for the type of production he's been putting out since that trade to detroit goff right now still 28 years old he's leading the fourth best offense seventh ranked passing attack and has been instrumental in the lions winning five of their last six games are now six and seven overall jj he threw for 330 yards three touchdowns leading the surging lions to a 34 23 win over the nfc north leading minnesota vikings on sunday and since week nine Goff is thrown for 1,448 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception. That interception was all the way back in week nine. He's completing 65% of his passes during this time, has a quarterback rating of 102.4, currently eighth in passing yards, 10th in touchdowns, seventh in passer rating, and sixth in QBR. Jared Goff is lighting it up, JJ. Yeah, absolutely. He's playing some good football. They won the last five out of their six games. They're building confidence. He's been a connection with his wide receiver core. His running back is taking some pressure off of him with Swift and Williams in the backfield. Defense is playing complimentary football as well, uh, not getting beat over the top. And also, like I told you, there was a team, there's a team to watch um, because they couldn't actually finish. But now what they're doing now is they're actually finishing in the fourth quarter, finishing drives, finishing red zones, and getting points when they get close to the to the opponent's red zone. So my hat's off to that Lions team. They've done a magic turnaround. Uh, we knew what they was capable of with Dan Campbell and the, and the type of professionalism and, and, and leadership that they had in the front office, and it's starting to pay off for them. Now, my honorable mention here, J.J., Goes to Baker Mayfield. I know this was kind of an afterthought because they did play on Thursday. So the first game of week 14, after all of Sunday's action and Monday night, it kind of gets lost in the thick of things. But I have to bring up Baker Mayfield just because what he did was pretty significant. It was remarkable. Two days getting claimed off waivers by the Rams. He was cut by the Panthers. Debuts, comes on in replace of John Wolford, completes 22 of 35 passes, 230 yards, and then the game-winning touchdown to Van Jefferson with nine seconds left. That was an absolute dime. More importantly, he put an end to the Rams' six-game losing streak. Baker Mayfield, say what you want about him. He's probably been one of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the NFL, JJ. We all know this, but you have to give the man his flowers for showing up one day of practice, one day of installation with Sean McVay's yeah. offense, getting in there, <clears throat> leading that team to a win. That was pretty cool to see. 
Yeah, um, that was probably one of the most miraculous things I've seen in a while because we know how hard it is to play in this league and to do it within two days, uh, not even knowing who you was lining up against or lining up in front of you or lining up out wide from you, yet alone to do that in two days and build a chemistry and to drop a dime in the last second of the game because um, it shows a lot of composure that Baker Mayfield had faced. And then he didn't hit outside noise. We all knew that he was under pressure and he was under scrutiny for uh, things he was done in, in Carolina and, and towards the end of Cleveland Browns too. But, hey, man, when you get an opportunity in this league, you have to, you know, put up a shut up. And that's what Baker, what Baker did, man. So my hats is off to him. He did a things and, um, that, like I say, people don't should take liking because that's very hard to do in the NFL to go out there and perform at a high elite level with just two days of installation. I had a couple of them myself, but I'm going to stay with the defensive side this week. I'm going to go with the young 24-year-old outside linebacker for the Patriots. He had an outstanding game. Uh, Joshua Ucha. Uh, he played an amazing game last night. He went four tackles, one assist with three sacks. And on the other side, Matt Judon, he did a great well as well. He had 1.5 sacks as well. So my hat's off to both of those guys. But Joshua Ucha is my MVP for this week. He did a great job of, of beating a very veteran presence at um, Kevin Beecham at the right tackle for the Cardinals. He went up and under. He did bull rush. He did everything. He utilized all his skill set. And he's still young. I mentioned he's 24 years old. So he stepped up in a big way to help the offense with the, the Patriots and then the defense as well. And uh, my hat's off to him this week. Josh Uche, he's in his third year, Uche. JJ. Yeah, a little bit of an interesting pronunciation with that last name. But, yeah, he was active last night all over the field. And him and Matt Judon are starting to form a dynamic rushing duo there in New England. And he was certainly a factor in that Patriots win that has now put them in the wild card spot as we enter week 15. And that is a perfect segue, JJ, because we get into week number 15 on Thursday night football, 49ers 9-4 at the Seattle Seahawks 7-6. This is an NFC West battle. Now, JJ, implications in this game are pretty severe right now. Because with the win, the 49ers can clinch the NFC West in Seattle for a second time in four seasons. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, after that loss to the Carolina Panthers on their home turf, they're currently half a game back of the Giants for the seventh wildcard spot. So this is a massive game, not only for the Niners to get that NFC West title, but for the Seahawks on a short week trying to fight for a playoff spot. This is for all the marbles here, and I can't wait to watch it on Thursday. It should be a good one, JJ, and I'm a little bit torn as to who I want to pick because I know the Niners, they're playing some hot football. Seattle, though, they have sputtered a little bit. Kenneth Walker was out, and his status for Thursday is still uncertain. Right now, Seattle hasn't really been able to stop the run. That's been their Achilles heel. You saw Carolina go up there and rush for over 100 yards, and so... For those reasons, and Brock Purdy talked about him last week, Mr. Irrelevant, looking sharp, efficient, making throws down the field. I know Debo Samuel's down for the next couple of weeks, but I still like the Niners here to get the job done because of that defense, the best defense in the NFL. Give me the Niners here in a close game, JJ. Hostile environment there in Seattle, but 2017, I have the Niners. Yeah, I think the 49ers right now is, um, uh, is breathing off their uh, confidence that they have. They've taken care of business. They've beat some very good quality teams over the last few weeks. And, I, and it just go to hats off to that defense and what they're doing, their offense as well. They can put up points at any given time. They have a lot of home run hitters over there. Uh, as far as Seattle, it was a sad loss for them. Um, 
to Carolina just because of the reason that, you know, they was running away with the West for a while. And, and, and now 49ers seem to have, have, have sensed that and um, picked pick, uh, a sense of urgency up, man. So um, to Seattle, I, I want to give it to Geno Smith. I like what he's been doing over the time. And he's still doing a, a tremendous job with the adversity that he's been facing. But I'm going to go with 49ers. I think they're rolling right now. Their defense is playing good ball. And I like for them um, to go to Seattle and take care of business. We have three games on Saturday, JJ. So we have the bowl games for college football starting on Friday, but I'm always elated when we get three matchups on a Saturday. And that's what we have coming up at 12 p.m. We'll have the first game of the three. And it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts 4-8-1 taking on the Minnesota Vikings who are 10-3. Mm-hmm. All games will be on NFL Network. The Vikings coming off a disappointing loss to the Detroit Lions where J.J. Minnesota's offense was firing in all cylinders. Kirk Cousins threw for over 400 yards. Justin Jefferson had over 200 receiving yards. But that just goes to show you how potent that Lions offense is. And so they ended up losing that game. The Colts, you know, they're coming off the bye week right now. They're probably just trying to wind down the season after that drubbing by the Dallas Cowboys. And so... It's a no-brainer here for me, J.J. I'm going with Minnesota, 31-16. I think they're able to rebound after that tight loss at home. And right now, Kirk Cousins, you have to give him a lot of credit, Kevin O'Connell, for the work he's done. I want to see Minnesota's defense play better. They've gotten shredded these last couple of weeks. Ed yeah. Donatel is going to have to make some adjustments, but I like the Vikings right here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, like I say, at any given time, you can be beating this NFL, man. It's go to show you even more so in your divisional. So uh, just a hat off to the Lions taking care of business with a great Minnesota Vikings team that they've done. Um, like you say, uh, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins did a tremendous job of playing good football. Uh, and that's way as well as Jefferson. But that big hole in the defense with Harrison Smith being gone is definitely showing up. The safety position, I think it's a, a position that I always get overlooked. But I think it's kind of show more, you know, hopefully, like they said, they can get back to the drawing board and get back on the winning track. But I like I like Minnesota Vikings where I think their defense is a little too much. The Colts offense is still kind of struggling to get pieces together and do different things as that. So give me Minnesota Vikings as well. Second game on Saturday, Ravens 9-4 and four at the Browns 5-8. and eight. This is a pivotal game for the Browns, J.J., as they try to stay afloat in the playoff race. They dropped another game on Sunday. Deshaun Watson is... Kind of look a little bit rusty now. 3.30 p.m. kickoff. They'll be at home. And they may be getting the Ravens at a good time because they are banged up. Still going to be without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley is in concussion protocol. So they were down to quarterback three. Anthony Brown when they squeaked out that win in Pittsburgh. I wouldn't put it past Baltimore, though, because they do have J.K. Dobbins back and that rushing attack. But, J.J., upset pick of the week right here. (laughs) Give me the Cleveland Browns, the dog pound. I think they get the job done. They ride Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Deshaun Watson. Has to be a little bit more crisp with his passes down the field. That'll help now that Cooper is a little bit healthier. I know he was banged up with a hip injury this past Sunday. But the Browns, in front of their home fans, they understand the significance of this game. They win this one by a point, 24-23, over their bitter divisional rivals. 
Man, I guess we're on the same page. I was thinking the same thing, man. The dog pound. They're different. They're a different crew once they play in front of their own uh, crowd, man. If you uh, have never been to First Energy, it's a pretty good stadium, man. And those dog pounds, they get to roll and doing different things. But for all the reasons you say, man, I think the, the Ravens' deep, uh, offense, we know the centerpiece of that is Lamar Jackson. I think it's a different team once you line up with Lamar Jackson on the center. With his presence being gone, it kind of make him one-dimensional. We all know they're a big run-first team and um, in the league right now. And when you're quarterback your head franchise quarterback it out is out it kind of brings a different uh, um, a different type of energy towards the team as well so for all those reasons I like Cleveland Brown to win at home as well Dolphins 8 and 5 at the Bills 10 and 3 Saturday 7 15 p.m. Central Time kickoff the Dolphins I know two game losing streak currently the sixth seed they're slipping not headed in the right direction Bills are clinging on to the number one seed in a potential first round by the Chiefs are right there on their heels so this is a very important game for both teams as well yeah. divisional game i like the bills here jj the dolphins your guy tua hasn't looked too good man these last two weeks maybe defenses are starting to figure out the blueprint to stop mike mcdaniel's offense the bills defense meanwhile coming off a dominant performance on sunday where they were just all over Mike White and Joe Flacco, I think they had five or six sacks. And despite Von Miller being done for the season, that Bills front seven is still getting after it. Greg Rousseau, Shaq Lawson, and then now having those two linebackers, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, healthy, I think is the difference. Josh Allen is playing good. They signed Cole Beasley back out of retirement this morning, giving Josh what? Allen another familiar weapon, one of your former teammates, JJ. Yeah. So I like the Bills here. 34-20. I think they win rather comfortably. They're peaking at the right time. I expect them to take care of the Dolphins and get vengeance from that first matchup loss. Yeah, uh, Tua, um, um, he's still sucking to him, Tua, man. But like you say, I think defense has kind of figured out the key pieces. They got to do some extra things. The things that they've been using in the first quarter, first half of the season is going to change a little bit. When you get to the second half, teams have a lot of tape on you. Understand your tendencies, understand your playmakers, and and, and play defense to that. So, uh, I, you know, like you say, for all the reasons, the Bills still playing good ball. They still can attack you from all different angles, from offensively, defensively. They draw up some different coverages and do some different things. And we we all know this game last um the last time they played was very close down in down in uh, miami so i'm excited to go back to bills mafia and shout out to cole beasley man coming out of retirement and doing something that i know he's passionate about with a guy that he's familiar with as well so my hats off to them for all of those reasons plus cole beasley man give me buffalo bills falcons five and seven at the saints four and eight and as crazy as it sounds jj these two teams are still right in the thick of it in the NFC South because of how bad that division is. So a win for either side can really give them some newfound hope to potentially win the NFC South because the Buccaneers dropped that game on Sunday. They're now 6-7. and seven. Now here's the key headline news. Desmond Ritter, the rookie, will be making his first career start for the Atlanta Falcons. And so there's that nugget of information. JJ, I'm not sure if this qualifies for an upset pick of the week i'm gonna go with the red rifle andy dalton i think that saints defense has started to play a little bit better and i have no idea how they let that win fall from their grips in tampa bay last week they had tom brady on the ropes they collapsed late on that final drive ritter is gonna have to shake off some of those nerves saints force a couple of turnovers giving new orleans 23 17 
Oh man, uh, as much as I can't, I can't go with the Aints, man. The Saints, what they call them here in Atlanta. I'm going with my Dirty Birds, man, Atlanta Falcons. I think Ritter's going to bring it a different excitement. I think the players are going to be excited. We all seen what he did in the preseason, man. I'm excited for him to get a chance to go out there in a very, very, very hostile environment. And what other way to hush him up is to go out there and get the dub and put up some points. I think it's going to be a new Falcon team with uh, with Ritter underneath the center. Their defense is going to feed off of it. And, and, you know, they got all the odds against them going into a hostile environment. So give me my Dirty Birds to go into the Saints environment and to pull off a W. Cowboys 10-3 at the Jaguars 5-8. This is now the first game of Sunday slate of games, noon game. JJ, I'm a little bit nervous about this one, man. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we know they're up and down every single week. When they're on, they're dangerous. They're blowing out teams like they did on Sunday against Tennessee. But when they're down, they're vulnerable. But Trevor Lawrence, though... He has shown out these last several weeks. You could tell that connection with Doug Peterson is starting to pay off for Jacksonville. And so despite the Cowboys being favorites here, I'm a little bit concerned about what this offense in Jacksonville can do to a a Dallas secondary, J.J., that is injury depleted. You know Anthony Brown's done for the season. They're relying on Deron Bland. They're relying on Kelvin Joseph, who's been very inconsistent. I know Diggs was banged up with a thumb injury on Sunday. And so that does stress me out about this matchup. And Jacksonville has a ton of talent on that front seven as well. Josh Allen, Trevon Walker, the number one overall pick. Losing Terrence Steele was also big for Dallas, the starting right tackle. And so we may see the old vet, Jason Peters, shift to right tackle. But I'm very uneasy about this one. I'm still going to pick my Dallas Cowboys here, 27-24 but I expect it to be very, very tightly contested with a tough, rugged Jaguars team that's coached with a familiar foe of Dallas, Doug Peterson. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun game. Um, I, I I had a scare last week as well. Um, with the Houston Texans and what Dallas did, but that's they, just going to show you, man, that, you know, in every team you step into, uh, you have to be ready. I know I keep saying that, but it's very, very important. You can never overlook anybody's team. Jacksonville Jaguars team was a team that stink, that's, uh, that's, that tends to play their best ball against teams that they're overly matched with. But, like, for your reasons, man, I think Dallas is going to be okay. This is a time for them to kind of check and see what kind of dip they get. They got going into the playoffs and different scenarios. So it's going to be fun and interesting to see the new guys out there. They get a chance to play um, with a team that's that's not – that you shouldn't take lightly. Like I say, Doug Peterson knows he's been facing the Cowboys for over a lot of years now, so even when I was there as well. So I like the Dallas Cowboys here to take care of business, but I, I expect for it to be a very close game. Eagles 12-1. and one. At the Bears, 3-10. I like Philadelphia here, JJ, 30-16. Right now, I know Justin Fields, you have to account for him. But Philadelphia, they're flying high right now, no pun intended. This is a team that is just throttling their opponents. We saw it again on Sunday against the Giants. Jalen Hurts is the clear-cut MVP front runner, Miles Sanders, in that rushing attack, led by... Jason Kelsey, that offensive line generating push at the line of scrimmage and defensively two corners to lock things down. Darius Slay, James Bradbury. I like them to dominate the Bears here 30-16 to as they look to secure that number one seed and first round bye. Yeah, um, I agree with you for all the reasons as well, man. Uh, Philly's playing some great ball. Uh, they really doing a good job of, of playing good upfront football. Uh, 
the, the game is won in the trenches. And if you look on both sides of the ball for Philadelphia, from the O-line, like you say, from Kelsey, all the way out to the tackles, to Lane Johnson, as well as in the middle with uh, Big Davis from Georgia, all the way on the outside of Fletcher Cox and them, and even the linebacker scoring in safety, and safety position at corners. Um, the Phillies just don't have a lot of weakness where you can attack and everybody on that, on that defense and offense understand their assignments play good football and play their role to their best. So um, like you say, for all the reasons that they, they feel it has everything up front in the trenches where the game is won to take over this game. So give me Philadelphia Eagles here as well. Another good one on the Sunday slate, the Lions six and seven at the Jets seven and six. Now, both of these teams are on the bubble, JJ. The Lions, we talked about them, and I highlighted Jared Goff in my player of the week. They won five of the last six games. With a win here, they can get back to 500. The Jets now, after that loss, they're now on the outside looking in, seven and six, and they need a win as well. And this is, might as well chalk it up as a playoff game. And man, this is a tough one to call, JJ, but I'm going to go with the Lions here. I was very close to riding with the Detroit Lions last week and I decided to go with the Vikings and they proved me wrong. I know the Jets defense, those guys are one of the top units. Robert Salah will have his defense ready to go against a high-powered offense in the Lions, but what really concerns me about the Jets is number one, the health of Mike White. I know he has a rib injury. He says he's expecting a play but Detroit right now, the way they've been able to win in the trenches with that offensive line, you're seeing DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, they're starting to generate and just wear on defensive oppositions late in ball games. And then the spark Jamison Williams has given that Lions passing attack, JJ. I don't think that can be stated enough. So give me the Lions here 26-20 in a hard-fought game at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, um... I was thinking hard about this game. I thought it was going to be an upset game, but, man, the Lions have took care of business. Uh, we know what the Jets was capable of. We know what they was doing um, in the season. They're still in the mix, but the, I think the quarterback carousel this week is going to be a toss-up. And when you're going against a team that's, that's on fire right now, that has beat teams that they shouldn't even beat, but just beating them and taking care of business and finishing drives. And like you say, up front, man, the game is won. I told you before, the game is won in the trenches, and they're doing everything on the offense and defense side of the ball in the trenches to do that as well. And, um, you know, I, I don't think the Jets have enough to kind of control that, yet along with the confidence that they'll build over the last five out of six games, man. So give me Detroit Lions here, Motown, to go into um, New York City and take care of business. Steelers at Panthers. These two teams are 5-8, and eight, J.J. The Panthers, you know, they control their own destiny in the NFC South. So if they went out, they're the NFC South champions, and they would be hosting a playoff game in round one. And you have to give a lot of credit to interim head coach Steve Wilkes for turning things around, rejuvenating them after that whole fiasco of Matt Rule being fired. But the Steelers, I picked them to beat the Ravens, and they were looking pretty good, J.J., before Pickett went down with that concussion. And, of course, Trubisky came in through three interceptions, and they ended up losing that game. If Kenny Pickett is healthy and ready to go, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh again here, 23-19. I like that defense. I know both of these defenses really have been dominating these last couple of weeks. Cam Hayward with T.J. Watt with Minka Fitzpatrick. They find a way to get it done. Najee Harris, look for him to get plenty of touches on the ground as well. 23-19, I'm going to go with the Steel Crew. I'm going to go against my upset of the week right here. I'm going Carolina Panthers, baby. We know what we got at State. We know that it, uh, the, the NFC South 
title is in, is in the air. The playoffs come um, in position, implications is in the air. And I think they feel that. I think they feel like, hey, you know, any battle we go into, we, um, we, we're the underdog. So what do we have to lose? And they've been playing great ball playing like that because a lot of pressure is off of you. You can fly around. Um, you, can, you, you can do things and have fun. And I think that's what Carolina's doing. They find a way to get over the hump. They find a way to get over the adversity. They find a way to block out all the, the chatter. And now Steve Wilson, man, is doing a great job of turning that organization around. I think the game is going to be one out wide. As far as the receivers, I wide with the Steelers. I like Deontay Johnson. He just really hasn't really showed me. He's a real number one um, takeover guy at the at the wide receiver game. He does make spectacular catches. He does run great routes. But to be a number one in this in, in, in this league, you have to be able to get into the end zone and find the end zones and put up those yardage in games like this where you can be um, where you can where you can make your impact felt. And for me, I think the Carolina on the outside with Horn and those other guys on the outside as well does a good job of matching up personally with the skill set of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So give me Carolina Panthers right here, man, to take care of business and to get them a wild card game and get them a playoff game um, this year. All right, Chiefs, 10-3 at the Texans, 1-11-1. We know the Texans took the Cowboys down to the wire very uncomfortably. The Chiefs, though, they almost blew a lead to the Denver Broncos up at mile high on Sunday. I still like the Chiefs here. Big JJ, 37-17. Patrick Mahomes, I know three interceptions on Sunday. He'll bounce back on the road at NRG Stadium. I expect Kansas City to take care of business. Yeah, um, I'm not really going to go into depth with We all know what Texans got going on, but Kansas City, we know what, how they take care of business, even though it might not be the prettiest, but they find a way to get it done. Mahomes them is, is unstoppable right now. They're playing some great ball. So give me uh, Kansas City Chiefs as well. Patriots at Raiders, New England, 7-6, and six, currently holding on to a playoff spot. Taking on the Raiders that are coming off a detrimental loss to the Rams on Thursday Night Football. I still like Las Vegas, though, JJ. Upset pick of the week, number two. <laughs> you know Josh McDaniels is going to want to beat his former employer, Bill Belichick. They'll be at home. Raider Nation at this point knows that the playoffs are probably unlikely, but it's still a wild environment there. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones coming off the edge. Let's uh, get the facts straight. Despite that win last night, that Patriots offense, JJ, still looks very uh, lethargic. I mean, a lot of screen plays. You know Mac Jones. He was showing more frustration. I don't trust that offense. The Raiders, meanwhile, have started to figure some things out despite that ugly loss to the Rams. So give me the Raiders here, 24-17. Man, you know I got to roll with Belichick. It's kind of like the same scenario when Nick Saban going against his old coaches um, in, in, in the SEC and different games like that as well. So it's kind of similar, man, as, as a guy that prestige great coaches and Belichick. He's not going to go against his old former teammate or own former coach and lose to him. So give me Belichick, man. Their defense is doing a good job of making up for their offense, not being able to put up points at a fast rate, but they still find a way to get it in to do different things. As far as the Raiders, I think the Raiders, for them to let the the the, uh, the Rams come back in a situation where they didn't even have a quarterback that was there for over the week, goes to show you that they got to learn how to finish different things. And finishing in this league is big. So give me the Patriots with their two pass rushers. I think their defense is going to do a lot of great things, going to find a way to minimize Devontae Adams, keep Kara Carr to a minimum, stop the run and Josh Jacobs, and find a way to get a dub. So give me the Patriots. Cardinals 4-9 at the Broncos 3-10. Both of these teams not headed for the postseason. You know that Kyler Murray, by the looks of it, in the early prognosis, looks like he tore his ACL on a non-contact injury to start the game last night. 
Russell Wilson also is in concussion protocol, so we'll see where his status is. Denver, though, I like them here, JJ, because of that defense, the way they fought back. Patrick Sertan, talk about him on the podcast every week, one of the top corners in the NFL. Right now, it's going to be Colt McCoy under center, who has been solid. He had a win earlier this season that was very impressive, but Denver, you know that they want to get a win. They're on a five-game losing streak. They're at home. Nathaniel Hackett understands that he just needs to get a win, and I think they get it here, especially Russell Wilson is cleared. They showed some signs of life late against Kansas City. 21-16, I like the Broncos to snap that skid and finally get in the win column. Yeah, uh, my hat's off. Um, I, um, I'm keeping my um, Kyler Murray in my, in my prayers, man. I've, I've been in that role before. I've been in that with the knee injury as well. So a speedy recovery for him. That's a big blow for that Arizona Cardinals team. Um, we know that uh, Colt McCoy does a great job of coming in and filling in, but it's nothing like having that spark that can take off and hit a home run for you anytime at Kyler Murray. But um, the, the the Broncos, man, uh, I mean, the Broncos, but the Broncos did a good job of putting up some points against a good, against a good team at Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I was very much surprised of how they responded um, to that loss, and, 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 and they did a good job of putting up points offensively, defensively. We knew they always had a great unit defensively. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with the Broncos as well, man, to take care of business against the Cardinals. Uh, that's having some troubles finding a way to get it done. Titans, Chargers, both teams 7-6, and six, a lot at stake for both of these teams. You know, the Titans are still leading their division because it's pretty bad at this point. And the Chargers, big win. I picked them. They got the Dolphins on Sunday night, and Justin Herbert was sensational here. And, man, Tennessee, they're having all kinds of issues on offense, J.J., Todd Downing, I know there's been a lot of outrage over there in Tennessee about his inability to call plays, and they're too reliant upon Derrick Henry. And right now, teams, J.J., and I know Henry, as I said on the podcast, he owns Jacksonville, and he went off for over 100 yards. But I think teams at this point are saying, you know what? We're going to force Ryan Tannehill to try to beat us with his arm, but we can limit Derrick Henry. We like our chances. And unfortunately for the Tennessee Titans, that's been the case. And now they go up against the Chargers offense that is potent and can put up points. And so I like the Chargers here 24-20 to continue rolling. The defense was very impressive despite being down Derwin James, Callahan, Sebastian Joseph Day. We'll see if they get those guys back on Sunday. But the Chargers are headed in the right direction. Meanwhile, the Titans are headed downward right now. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if you remember me telling you back uh, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Tannehill and that offense being able to push the ball down the field. It's okay to run the ball, you know, 20 to 30 times a game, but um, schematically, it's just kind of hard to win doing that over and over and over um, without pushing the ball downfield and, and, and giving defense another option to defend. So with all of those reasons, man, and, and Tennessee, like you say, is having some hard times finishing games. They're relying a lot on Derrick Henry. The run game is only so much good. It plays better once you can pass it out and get the ball downfield as well. The Chargers did a good job of stepping up to the task last week, taking care of business. And, um, and you know, it's going to show you that, you know, the, they're the only uh, missing piece away from being a great team that they always was capable of being. And uh, give me the Chargers here. Um, I had a hard time going against Derrick Henry. I like what he do. I like what Mike Baber, I like how he responds as well to games that's um, that's that's not going his way for the last few weeks. But give me the charges here as well to take care of business. 
Bengals at Buccaneers. Cincinnati continuing to roll that win streak. Buccaneers, I think everything was on display on Sunday, how dysfunctional that offense has been. Tom Brady has bailed them out on those game-winning drives a couple of times. They're just not a good team, JJ. Too inconsistent defensively. I know they're also banged up in the secondary. I like the Bengals here, 26-17, to go into Tampa and continue Firing on all cylinders on offense. Joe Burrow was feeling it. All of a sudden has put himself in contention in the MVP race. And mind you, he yeah. was my pick for MVP at the beginning of the season. And so the Bengals, yeah. I like them all the way here, JJ. Defensively, they're getting after the passer. Hopefully Trey Hendrickson is okay. I know he's banged up with an injury, but Sam Hubbard has been able to be just as effective. Give me the Bengals here. Yeah, I agree with you. The Bucks, man, they just kind of seeing I, I was seeing um, uh, out of sync and uh, on the offensive side of the ball defensively too we know what they're known for and they've kind of got away from stopping the run and doing sorts and putting you in pass situations and being able to pin their ears back and let that pass rush get after you after Shaq Barrett kind of went down that the Buccaneers defense and pass rush hasn't looked the same and for those reasons man the Bengals right now are hot they understand what they're facing. They're trying to take care of business. Joe Burrow is playing MVP ball. Their offense have a lot of weapons that can, you know, they can take the top off, beat you underneath, and run the ball as well. Um, and so give me the Bengals to take care of business. Sunday night football, massive implications in the NFC. Giants 7-5-1, Commanders 7-5-1. JJ, twice within three weeks, are going to line up against each other. The Giants got throttled by Philly. Commanders hoping to get maybe Chase Young back after that bye week. He's been working himself back from that knee recovery. They'll be at home. This game was flexed to primetime. Give me the Commanders here and Taylor Heineke to get the job done 27-23. The connection with Terry McLaurin on the outside. And then the Giants, I mean, their injuries are catching up to them. Barkley has kind of lost a little bit of that juice. I know he's battling that neck injury, but they're also very reliant upon him too, JJ. And Daniel Jones really hasn't proven that he can go win a game with his arm considering the receivers he has with him. So give me the Washington Commanders here by four. You know, I've been on that commander train with Tyler Heineke and what they have done defensively. They got one of the best defensive front in football with Sweat and those guys. They do a good job of, of, of getting after the quarterback. And like I say, the secondary has a chance to kind of mix up different things and sit back and pick off, you know, quarterbacks because the pass rush is being so good. And the offense, the offense as well, too. Brian Robinson doing a good job of responding back from his injuries. Um, I'm glad to see him healthy and doing a great job. He was a great pick for the commanders and he's, he's feeding off of that and he's, he's, he's brutaling and, and bruising those guys in the fourth quarter. And that's what we hate seeing in the secondary is a big, big running back running freely up into the second level and, and pounding on you for four, for four quarters. So uh, for all of those reasons, I think the Giants has, has got bit by the injury bug. The more healthy you are towards the later end of the later end of the season is the better off you are. So give me the commanders here as well. Last game here of week 15. It is Monday night football. Rams 4-9 at the Packers 5-8. I won't go too much into this one. I like Green Bay to get the job done. Baker Mayfield will finally get his first full start with the Rams. They're at Lambeau though. Cold weather. Temperatures I'm sure it'll be frigid. The Packers are coming off a bye week. They're coming off a win. So I like Green Bay here, JJ, to get the job done 23-16. The Rams, they're still very banged up on both sides of the ball. I don't think they get away with a win this time, especially playing on the road. You know, their fans will be fired up. Rodgers leads the pack to a victory. 
Yeah, I think that two-headed monster in Green Bay is going to do a good job of running the ball. Um, unfortunately for the Rams, they just don't have that that monster in the middle for them. And, and Aaron Donald, and that is a big Mason piece um, for that Rams defense. He's been an anchor of that defense for for years and, and, and decades to come, man. So for all those reasons, and it being December in Green Bay, this is the time where you usually see Green Bay play playoff football. So give me Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to take care of business on Monday Night Football. So there you have it, week 15, slate of games. JJ, we're moving, inching closer to the playoffs. As always, it's a pleasure, man, to have you on the podcast. Enjoy breaking down these matchups. Let's see how we do with our picks this week, JJ. And uh, (laughs) I hope you have a blessed rest of the week, brother. Hey, you too, man. I'm excited. I'm going to keep my eyes on that Falcons and Saints game. I think that's going to be the one that put me over the edge. So hopefully my dirty birds can break it home. But, man, safety blessings to you, man, the rest of the week. Looking forward to this week. And like always, man, I thank you for having me on, brother. Yes, sir. God bless. And until next week, we'll go again. All right, now. God bless. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.